won't you please take me home? Oops, thank you. That's like a bottom five Guns N' Roses song to me. A bottom five? I do not like that song. Uh, of all the Guns N' Roses songs. Okay, listen, I don't know all the Guns N' Roses <laughs> I was going to say, songs. like... But of the ones I know. Welcome to the Survivor Turning Back Time podcast, the Survivor podcast that lets you know a python can eat an entire antelope. I kind of already thought that, to be honest. <laughs> I am your host, Stephen Levine, with my co-host, Jared Sheldon. Jared, how you doing? Uh, I cannot eat an entire antelope, Stephen. Have, well, tr- have you tried? Actually, that's not true. I could eat an entire antelope. It would just take many bites. That's fair. And does it all have to be in the same day? I could eat an entire antelope. <laughs> It would just take me a while. Have you ever, like, thought about what it must be like to be a professional eater? I have, and it sounds awful. It sounds terrible. I mean, it's essentially professional bulimia. <laughs> yeah. Which is just awful to think about. I guess my question is, like, do those people still enjoy food? <laughs> like, when you're not on the clock, like... Do you, can you eat for pleasure? I'm sure like some foods, but like hot dogs are the one that jumped in my head for professional eating. Sure. Can you casually enjoy a hot dog anymore? Let us, that's who our next special guest is going to be. It's Joey Chestnut. (laughs) You don't know who that is. I'm assuming you're a professional eater. He, he's like the, I don't know if he's the reigning champion for the Nathan's hot dog eating championship, but he Mm. usually wins. Let me, go ahead. I'm just going to look up. And they're always so skinny. Not always. Okay, usually when I see professional eaters, they're very small people. The, the guy who was always winning when I was growing up, Kobayashi, was very small. Yeah. Just could put a lot in his gullet, I guess, very quickly. I don't know. That sounds awful. Hot dog. You ever wonder if they like remove a kidney for more space so something can expand in different areas? Would that work? I don't know. Probably not. <laughs> My understanding of human anatomy is apparently poor. <laughs> Yeah, Joey Chestnut is the rating champion going back to 26... Has not lost since 2015. My God. Uh, Why even have the competition anymore? But won all of them prior to that before 2006 when Kobayashi was the winner for seven years in a row. Okay, I new rule. Nathan's this one's free. Okay. If somebody wins, we'll say five times in a row, Congratulations. You get you are in a special tier of people. You're no longer allowed to compete. You're just an eternal champion. Ah, the Jeopardy rules. Is that actually Jeopardy rules? Yeah, so they I think they're allowed to win. They like cap them at a certain amount of days and after that Oh no, maybe I'm wrong. At one point they had them capped and then I mm. think they stopped doing that. Or I take it all back. I'm not I I don't I'm not an expert on Jeopardy. Have you watched any Jeopardy since Alex Trebek got connected to God's Wi-Fi? <laughs> no, I have not. I've seen little clips on TikTok. It seems like the show is much more casual now. Sure. And I like it. It seems like a good change. I'm cool with that. I I think it's hard because he was that show oh, for yeah. a long, long time. And now that it's not him, they're trying to replicate that. I saw a little bit with Ken Jennings and it the energy is similar, mm. but not the same. So... What would happen if Jeff just retired today? I feel like they would have to stop. Well, no, (laughs) no, no, no. They wouldn't stop the show. I think they would pull one of the former winners to host the show. I think it'd have to be, right? And and I don't know enough about, obviously, I only, you know, I don't know about the older seasons. Probably somebody who won a lot or maybe whoever won winners at war. I don't know who wins winners at war. Mm -hmm. So, uh, but... Yeah, I don't think it'd be a good fit. I have a few in my brain that would be good fits. I don't know. I don't know. A Dark lot. Horse. Okay. Barack Obama. Ooh. Barack. I would love to see Barack Obama host Survivor. <laughs> I think that would be great. I don't know why you would let a former... Er, why a former president would come and do that. That's the thing about Obama. 
I don't think this is where we expect it to be. It's not where I expect it to be. Um, but him being such a young president means, like, what else does he do? I know right now he, you know, is just living his life. He does some political outreach, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Does some charitable causes and all that. But, like, he's, like, what, his 50s? Like, early 50s? I want to say he's, like, low 60s. Okay. Either way, he just has so much, like, of a cognizant, like, life to live like, he could do something like that if he wanted to. Yeah, at the, at the time of recording, Obama is 61 years. Okay, okay. That's a little older than I thought, but... Sorry to jump back one frame of thought. How many hot dogs do you think is the record for hot dog eating in 10 minutes? It's be more than four. You are um. correct. It is more <laughs> than four. In 10 minutes? Yep. I'm gonna say 27. Mm. You would be... Way short. Way short? Way short. I guess that's a hot dog every, what, like every 20 seconds? Uh, oh my god. Like, a little, it'd be like 20, every 23 seconds? So, what? A hot dog every, let's say a hot dog every 5 seconds. No, we'll say a hot dog every 10 seconds. Sure. So that's 6 a minute, so it'd be 60. Mm-hmm. That is still short. No! <laughs> in 2021, Joey Chestnut, in 10 minutes, ate 76 hot dogs and buns. I'm upset. <laughs> People starve. Like, in the world Correct. right now. If you go back, like, 200 years ago, food insecurity is a big problem. And this motherfucker's out here, you can just choke down 76 of them in 10 minutes? Yeah. That is the that is the world record in ten minutes. The previous largest in the competition was one twenty seven, but that was over an hour. Sure. That's so many hot dogs. Seventy six is too many hot dogs. That I I could maybe fit like at most eight in my stomach before I feel sick. Yeah, I mean I did this kind did of. You? Well, our so. <laughs> So for our listeners at home, Stephen and I are in a fantasy football league together. Oh, I forgot about that. And I came in la- the ultimate last place last year. We have a playoffs and a nega playoffs. And I lost every round of the nega playoffs, so I was the ultimate loser. For the record, that is N-E-G-A, nega playoffs? Yes, as in negative, negative, negative playoffs to riff on... Um, uh, nega Scott? Nega Scott from, from Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. <laughs> and... I couldn't find so the punishment was a dine we had the loser had to go to a diner that was open 24 hours and they had to be there for the full 24 hours except they could take an hour off their time by eating a hot dog. So you had to balance how many hot dogs you wanted to eat versus how long you wanted to be at the diner. Mm-hmm. Weirdly enough could not find a 24 hour diner or really any diner in Chicago that served hot dogs that was sure. open for a uh, substantial length of time. I, hot dogs in Chicago are kind of weird anyway. We're protective of our hot dogs. Exactly. So I ended up having to substitute breakfast sausages and toast um, <laughs> because that was the closest I could get. I got through like nine in in three hours or something like that. And, and then diabetes and then took me out. Yeah. <laughs> um, it turns out that I did not have, or I had an extra site with me. Um, I changed the extra site and then that one also failed, which almost never happens. And I didn't want people to think I was making an excuse. So I sent pictures. Because <laughs> so I was like, guys, I swear to God, I'm not just trying to get out of this. I do remember this because I remember getting the text messages and seeing like, oh, Jared, Jared's going. Jared's going. Jared might be in trouble. <laughs> I was actually having a good time too. I was okay. like playing video games and reading a book. And oh yeah. The people at the Golden Nugget were very confused. Of course, as they should be. I had to sit down. They're like, how long are you going to be here for? Or something like that. They were like, oh, are we waiting for anybody else? And I was like, funny story. <laughs> no, I need your most comfortable booth close to a power outlet. I will be here for a while. Yeah. So funny story. I will order the same thing over and over and over again. It cost me like $40. <laughs> Did it really? Well, I mean, I got a Coke. And I'm basically ordering a side of toast over and over and over again, and yep. then a bunch of breakfast sausages, and then tip and tax. Yeah. Gross. Yep. You know what? That deserves a bumper. All right, so this episode came out on October 25th of 2001. A lot was happening in the world during the season of Survivor, the which is popping off. World's, uh, it's bussin'. Straight bussin', as the kids say. I, ooh. Uh, I hate that. <laughs> so the first thing that happened between episodes, 
United We Stand benefit concert for September 11th, 2001 terrorist attack victims held at RFK Stadium in Washington, D.C., organized and headlined by Michael Jackson. Oh. And featuring Aerosmith, Mariah Carey, and the Backstreet Boys. That's a good lineup. It's a pretty good lineup. Mm. And then uh, MLB American Championship uh, Yankees beat the Mariners. I don't care that much about this, but the Yankees are good. Apple releases the iPod. Ooh. The very first iPod came out between these episodes. Damn. Okay. And I'm reading this off an iPhone. So. (laughs) And then just after that, two days after that, on October 25th, 2001, Windows XP first becomes available. Oh, damn. Yeah. So we have a lot of world-shattering, world-altering events here in a small amount of time. Which, at, at the time, it doesn't seem like that. It's just more products being launched. But. Yeah. Okay, of those three, mm-hmm. of these three things, which changed the world more? Windows XP, the iPhone, 9-11. I mean, as far as world history goes, 9-11. However, as far as, like, culture and how we live today, it's the iPod. Because mm. prior to that... Mac was relatively not obscure, but they were the underdog. They sure. were the ones making the the advertisement for the Super Bowl where someone like is running through a, a George Orwell-esque mm-hmm. uh, society and throws a hammer at a screen. At IBM. At IBM or at, at Windows. No, it was IBM specifically. Was IBM? Yeah. Okay. Uh, essentially saying, hey, break with the big man go with the underdog and now that role has flip-flopped on its head i want to say the ipod is kind of what takes apple it it what it's what allows them to be a little bit more experimental and get products beyond oh this is a computer Mm -hmm. this is a computer company we do computers i agree Kind of. Okay. I agree with everything you're saying. Mm -hmm. But I actually think the order is, and you're going to laugh at me, Windows XP, 9-11, iPod. Okay. So the exact opposite of what I said. Correct. Got it. Well, not exact opposite, because you had had 9-11 as the most important. I had it as the second most important. Okay. And to those of you listening out there, you might say, Jared, that's insane. 9-11 changed the way we fly. It changed the way the world is and securing all that. And I say, yes, kind of. It did change the way we fly. I think the jingoism is load-bearing in America, or was. Mm -hmm. And I think this was going to happen. Something along the lines of us just invading Middle Eastern countries was going to happen under George W. Bush anyway. (laughs) So I think it was a a huge spark, but I think we end up on the same path. In the same vein as I think the iPod is important, Mm -hmm. like music and all of that, but it's not a phone yet, and you have many, many more generations before it starts starts becoming a phone and all of that. Sure. Windows XP, however, is the operating system that everyone used for like 10 years. It, you're, if right now mm-hmm. we put a computer with Windows XP in front of your grandparents, they could use it. Not my grandparents. Most people's grandparents. Sure. Are your grandparents alive? Two of the four are. Okay. Well, the, other, the two that are dead, yes, that would complicate things. Yes. But <laughs> most people's alive grandparents could use that right now. It streamlined user interface it made computers like it made computers accessible to absolutely everyone. I know Windows ninety five was before that and all of that, but this set like the standard for operating systems. Mm-hmm. There are still hospitals up until recently that were using Windows XP as the operating system for like their their medical equipment. Sure, that's my case. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm. I'm not going to drag this out any longer, but I also want to say that. Apple also took that idea of streamlining the user interface and I think did it better. That's fair. Yeah. I mean, for phones, absolutely. Yeah. Cool. I'm not, I do it. Move on. Next. Uh, if you think, if you think Windows X2 is more important than 9-11, please write the Survivor Turning Back Time podcast at gmail.com. Oh, that's Survivor yes. Turning, that's Survivor TBT at gmail.com. There you go. The same song was topping the charts and a new movie from hell was top of the box office. I don't know what that is. I don't either. And then there's riding in cars with boys? That's even worse. I don't know what that is. That sounds made up. (laughs) 
Training Day, Bandits, and The Last Castle. I think that a lot of movies got delayed because of 9-11. Yes, I think you're right. <laughs> uh, cool. Anything else? No. That right. take might get us canceled, but we'll find out. If you want us canceled, send any... <laughs> Send an email to SurvivorTBT at gmail.com. The Surviving Turning Back Time podcast does support canceling the Survivor Turning Back Time podcast. Yeah, sure. If you want to give us, like, $20,000 for us to shut down the podcast, we'll do it. Oh, I'll do it right now. Okay. Well, no. Well, for, for Oh, for $20,000? Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. We'll do it. Call us a sellout? Hell yeah. Yeah, I'll sell, I'll sell out. Me. Pay my student loans. Anyway, episode three, The Gods Are Angry. What a dumb title. What a dumb title. <laughs> this this was a quote from the episode. So kind of. It wasn't a direct quote. Correct. But, uh, but it, yeah, Linda kind of. This is a twist on a quote from an episode. Yeah. We start this episode in the most absolute peril that we've ever seen for a survivor episode and hopefully will ever again yeah oh there's a lion an entire tribe is in danger of being killed by a lion yeah so do you remember in the first episode when you and i you christian and i were talking about like oh surely they have like a park ranger there with a gun or the cameramans have guns i don't think that's true anymore (laughs) i i straight up don't think that's true I, I think they they do, but they are going to let it play out unless they start approaching. I think uh, what what happens is that this tribe is, is sleeping. They have their two people staying up, keeping watch, and then they start hearing noises, possibly dangerous noises, and they realize, oh, this is a lion. Oh, this lion is hunting us, is uh-huh. circling us. It knows where we are mm-hmm. and is trying to figure out the best way to approach us. So this is something I noticed in the episode is that it is a, the one that we see, I don't think we see both of them, is a male lion. Was it? I thought it was a female. I thought I saw a mane. That changes things dramatically because female lions are the hunters. Correct. And if a male lion is going out of his way to hunt, shit's bad. Yes. I thought he is starving. I thought it was a female, but open to interpretation. It was dark. It was night vision. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Either way, so one thing about nature. (laughs) Nature, you're scary. Yes. We are very big. We are not easy targets. Human beings are not easy targets for most things. Speak for yourself. Well, okay. Animals do not see us as easy targets. Because think about it. If they get get messed up in an encounter, they can't go to the doctor. Yes. Like if you hurt them, they are just hurt and might die because of it. Because of infection and... You know, they, they know that they don't want something that's going to put up a fight. Human beings are, are not small prey. We are bigger and more intimidating than a gazelle. <laughs> so if they're making a point to stalk a camp, then, like, they're hungry. <laughs> they're hungry and they are nearby, and that is very bad. Yeah. Everyone kind of feels it, and we, we get interviews with everyone saying, oh, I thought about running, but I... Where? I, I know better. Yeah. Yeah, there's nowhere to run. Uh, we talk later in the episode about how that identifies you as prey. It does, yeah. you If you turn your back and run, they're like, oh, cool. I can take this thing down without it putting up a fight. Yep. Yep. Horrifying. Abs- th- this is the most danger that I think Survivor puts casts in. Beyond weather, and you don't have any control over that. Right. These animals are trying to kill them. Yes. They're literally in the lion's den. Yeah. We see a hint of it on the next episode, the preview for the next episode, that Baran, this is Baran that's surrounded. Correct. And Baran also runs into wildlife in the next episode. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, did they, is Simbaru just not near, like the same, like, I mean, obviously they're not like directly next to each other, but like, did they just stick Baran in the middle of like a mating ground and not know that like what is going on i wouldn't put it past survivor but they're at least close enough that they can see when a plane drops something at a different at the other camp true so take that for what you will after this we go to sambaru which it's essentially drilling home the the duality of this tribe it's young people versus old people and they could not make it any more clear here. Yep. The And all of the boomers are insufferable, <laughs> except for maybe Teresa. Yeah. 
There, I mean, both sides are being assholes about it. Yes. But the boomers are just being gross. And entitled. And entitled. Shocking. Boomers being entitled? <laughs> shocking. Now it's millennials they want to drag on, but like at this time it was Gen X. It's the exact same bullshit. <laughs> yeah, I did write that down. It, it is funny that, I mean, history just repeats itself, that it, it, the younger generation is always lazy, is always entitled, is always... It doesn't matter who it is, if it's Gen X, if it's Millennials, now it's Gen Z. I haven't heard I, I haven't heard Gen Xers say a lot of the same things that boomers said about Gen X to Millennials. There's some, but not nearly as much. Mm-hmm. It's still boomers saying it. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> I think I have. I'm sure there's a little bit of it, but yeah. it just feels so... The difference in watching boomers when they were Gen X's age versus now gen xers like it's so the difference is stark yeah and maybe it's just that we're more connected now yeah. and we know that this isn't true or we're we're learning from our past mistakes because it's so well documented in things that we can see like this i don't know it's, it's very hopeful it's i try to be hopeful sometimes yeah it's just a whole lot of back and forth the young people are sleeping in the old people go get, go to get water yeah and you're right the young people are being shitty too on yeah. sambaru they're like mm, they kind of feel like they're trying to make stuff up to us because we caught them like scheming on us and yeah we're gonna take advantage of that and then like don't cook them the same amount of food yeah <laughs> yeah that's it like the old people go to get water the young people are like okay we'll make food while you're gone and then they eat they threatened to eat all the food. I think they did leave some, but it was burnt. They, they purposely burnt it. Yeah. So, and I felt like that was led by Brandon. Yes. Brandon is... Brandon's funny. ...being manipulative. Yep. And a little catty. <laughs> I told you, the the sassy gay shit starter edit is what Brandon's getting. That's true. It's It's already started. I did write down, also, while we have the time, Carl looks like Mark Ruffalo. Yes. A little bit. Gross boomer Mark Ruffalo. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we then go back to Baran where they're fi- they're going out and they're finding prints. This is essentially them like, okay, what do we do about this situation? How close was it? How many yeah. were there? Yeah. And it's, it's what we talked about before where they said, okay, let's talk this through. Lex kind of breaks everything down. Of, yeah, Lex is a good leader. Yeah. I like Lex. Lex, Lex is intelligent and not in a... I know things and you don't know things, but seems to be very good about sharing intelligence in a good way. I'm biased towards Lex because I like punk. <laughs> he looks like he'd be the lead singer of a Green Day cover band. And like, I would I'm love there that. for that. I would love that. I hope he has the time to listen to me whine. About nothing in that. Okay, I'm I was looking at your mic to see where I could turn it off. Uh, you could just pull the cord. <laughs> nah, I'll do it next cool. time. So back at Simbaru, we're looking at Carl, and Carl is fixing the water jug. There are cracks in the water jug, and while he's doing that, it's a continuation of the last scene where he's getting things done and complaining about the younger people, and the younger people are doing arts and crafts. Making friendship necklaces. Making friendship necklaces. Lindsay has a bead necklace of people that are important to her from back home. Mm-hmm. It breaks or she's fixing it or something yeah i think i think it broke and she then takes this opportunity to give one bead to every one of the young people so makes three separate necklaces but then very specifically does not give it to the older people in the tribe so all of this is fucking stupid it is so garbage middle school drama from both sides of it yeah because here's the deal There's no gameplay here where either side can win somebody over to the other side. Not since Silas said, no, I'm not going to... Maybe maybe without the necklaces, the boomer side of it could have thought they could still win over Silas. Mm -hmm. But we know that Silas is never going to be won over. Silas knows that. The young people seemingly know that. The old people figure it out. So all of this getting under each other's skin does nothing. It's nothing. It's not strategic at all. Like, and I think it's Brandon or Lindsay that say, like, yeah, we're, we're just doing this to, like, irritate them. And Carl says, they're just doing this to irritate us, and it's working. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, what? 
this is so stupid. It, oh. it was Kim. Kim says it's flaunting and intentional. Okay, okay. Yeah, it's it's so stupid because you're you guys are divided along lines anyway, uh-huh. and it's just I mean it's fine. It's emotional. Sure. You, I don't want to try to give reasoning to something that wasn't a reasonable decision. They're lashing out, but insane because all this is going to do is cause their tribe to fracture, which it's doing. Yeah, if the lines are drawn, why provoke it? Yeah. Why why test that? Yeah, it it seems unnecessary. We've seen in the last couple of seasons lines be drawn, but like. Think back to Ogacore. Mm-hmm. Lines were drawn, but like Jerry and Keith were shitty towards each other, but they weren't actively doing things to provoke each other. Correct. They just couldn't stand each they other. Couldn't, so it they happened. couldn't help themselves. Right, yeah. It came up very organically, not like, I'm going to make friendship bracelets with everyone else and not you. Yeah. It, yeah, insane. Stupid. Insane. What I said last episode about there being three tribes is totally accurate thus Coming far. More and more true as time goes by. Yep. And so... Silas, to continue provoking this, asks Carl, will you give me $20,000? And they have a conversation about what you would do with $20,000, and then continues on to say, what kind of car do you drive, Carl? Because Carl, the dentist, has a lot of money. This actually was the only part of it I found smart. Really? Even if it wasn't smart for this episode, and Carl ends up going home, so it doesn't matter in the long run, Uh planting that seed in everybody, including the boomers' minds, of like, yeah, you can know that somebody's well off. And, you know, Carl's like, oh, I worked hard for it or whatever. Fuck you. Um, <laughs> you. When you were going to dentistry school, it cost five fucking dollars. And you put you found a nickel on the ground and put it down for a down payment on your house. That's great. Eat my ass. He he brings up, he, he gets out of him that he drives a Porsche and a, what was the other car? Mercedes. Mercedes. Even if you are Frank, when you get down to the final four or five or you're like let's say let's pretend that carl made it all the way to the final two Mm -hmm. now everyone knows that he's incredibly well off and has two luxury cars and he's probably not going to win the million dollars oh but jared the the mercedes was a gift oh yeah because he would never buy it for himself (laughs) as if that was makes it better that makes it so much worse (laughs) but this is where we get the the comment of this is gen x talking about laziness and entitlement when the guy has a mercedes and a porsche it's yeah (laughs) yeah yeah oh it's entitled yeah gen x is so entitled meanwhile i fucking have two luxury cars it just it drives me insane not to like if you have money i encourage like buy the things you want it's fine but also you're in a game of survivor where people are voting in a jury you shouldn't win the game of Survivor. Steven, do you need any soap? Uh, probably. Why? Okay, good. Because I got a box I need to stand on. I need to get all the soap out of here. Go on. Yeah. Have you heard of the prosperity doctrine? The name is familiar, but go on. It's it's not one doctrine necessarily, but it's an overriding thing that exists in American ideology, primarily stemming from Reagan, about if you have done well, Mm-hmm. It's because you worked hard and you earned it. It also can extend into religion, especially evangelicalism. Sure. And that's what a lot of those, the Joel Olsteins and all that uh, preach on is, well, if you are righteous, then you will get wealth. But the problem is that works in the inverse. So therefore, those who are wealthy have earned it and are righteous. Uh-huh. Causes a lot of fucking problems. Doesn't it, though? And this that's... trickle-down economics. <laughs> the only thing that trickles down is piss. I'm on I'm on a I'm on a fucking tirade today, Steven. <laughs> so like a lot of these boom a lot of the boomers in this episode, I'm not gonna generalize across an entire generation, but in this season mm-hmm. are at least from Carl and Frank and Linda, the three that we see talk about it, are are full bought into this prosperity doctrine. Who knows if the rest of the cast is? But that means that you're probably, you know, if you have those two luxury cars, you're probably not gonna win the million dollars at the end if everyone else is not bought into your same I'm rich and therefore I am righteous because I would only have only the good get ahead is I'm, basically the I'm going to pull back on, on Linda because I don't think Linda's in that. Linda's on a whole different plane. That's here. true. <laughs> L- Linda's Linda's on acid. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't know where she got it in, but man, Linda is much more about the the spiritualism and the 
the land than the money. Yes. But we'll we'll continue on this in a bit. She goes a bit too far. And we get to the reward challenge. The, what I like to call the big ass rock challenge. (laughs) So they just show up and they're told, all right, you're going to push this big rock over to, I'm sorry, boulder. It's not a rock. The boulder boulder. does not appreciate being misnamed. It's, you have to push a boulder essentially through an obstacle course. Like they're slaloming through ski, ski gates and over hills through some things like yeah they just have to get it to a box and put it in the box to win what's with this paper mache s rock <laughs> it's it bi- looks heavy it's big it has some heft to it because people got run the fuck over what is it one. made of it, i think it's paper mache but it has something inside okay that makes sense or, or like a steel frame or something uh, yeah or chicken wire frame something because people were not pushing this around easy no but it's also not heavy enough that when somebody gets run over they die yes because we see somebody get run over yes, and they don't do. die. <laughs> and this is an important challenge because the reward is a hundred gallons of fresh water this is the most important reward challenge in any of the three seasons i agree bar none a hundred percent jeff even okay so jeff talks about and the tree mill talks about like ah yeah like for showers and then he's like he's like 100 gallons of fresh water enough for everyone on the tribe to have one gallon a day until the merge Uh which also doesn't quite make sense because they don't have even number tribes and you don't know who's going to win correct and they're gonna keep voting people off but anyway i would hope he would go with the bigger number i would hope so it doesn't i not exact measurement for sure he's a salesman yeah and then he puts down a bottle of shampoo and like, <laughs> if you want to waste the water on cleaning your hair or something. Here's some organic shampoo, baby. Why even give them the shampoo at that point? <laughs> hey, it's an option. It's, it's essentially creating a dilemma that didn't need to be there. That's true. And we'll see if it comes into play Boy, later. Boy, that is a real Chekhov's gun of drama, huh? <laughs> and now we're told that two people need to sit out from Samburu mm-hmm. and they cannot participate in back-to-back challenges... So this takes you out from, oh. It just occurred to me. It, I had the same thought. They didn't make anyone sit out the SOS challenge. No. That we saw. Yeah. So no one actually did sit out the So that means these same people can't sit out the same reward challenge. So the next reward challenge. But it'll only be one of them. That's weird. Okay. They, Whatever. <laughs> what? I, I also, I didn't catch that until I said it out loud. I'm like, wait, hold up. Weird. The show's like, don't think about that. It's fine. It's fine. There, there's a whole lot of issues that I have with that immunity challenge that we'll get to in a second. Yeah, sure will. Anyway, it's it's a pretty even match. For once, this goes not Samburu's way. Samburu's yeah. way. It's all Baran. They're leading for almost entire the entire race. And then Kim and... I don't remember who the other one was. Got run over. Let me... I think it was Kelly. You're right. It's Kelly. Kelly was the other one to get run over. Just get, like, bodied into very thorny brush. Yeah. And then run over by the ball. Did you see... I think it was Kelly. I think she started, like, running at people's legs. Like, she's like, you're gonna run me over? Fuck you. And started, like, grabbing for people. I did not It was very quick. But I thought for sure she was trying to take them down with her. That's funny. (laughs) <laughs> Which, yeah, I would too. Fuck you. You ran me over. Yeah, that sucks. <laughs> the biggest thing that caused Samburu to really fall behind in this one is they kept missing the gates. Yeah, well, and I think... I actually do think the tribe unity of Baran helped them. Mm-hmm. It seemed like Ethan and Lex were really doing a great job, and a little bit of Tom, too, leading where the ball needed to go. Yeah. It felt like they had more control. Mm-hmm. And Samburu was just, like, throwing it around and letting it go its course, which a lot of the time, the terrain was working against them. Yeah. I think that might have been trying to catch up, too. Like, okay, we can't catch up controlled. Sure. So just push it as hard as you can. Let's just go. So, yeah, they missed two of the gates. So Jeff had to be like, no, you got to go back. You got to go through the gates. 
And that was more than enough for Boran to run away with it. It wasn't particularly close. Yeah. <laughs> so Boran wins. Tom hurls immediately afterward. <laughs> Which, I didn't need to see that. No, there was really no point in showing us that. Because the effects aren't long-lasting. It He's in great spirits later on in the episode. So yeah. it's really unnecessary. But whatever. Took a physical toll. And then the the stinger at the end, Jeff is like, you'll get to your water by tomorrow morning. And then it cuts to tomorrow morning, yeah. so we don't get to, But yeah, next. don't worry, we got Amazon next day delivery yeah, on that. Don't you worry, we have a plane that will be delivering water. Just kidding. And then almost immediately we go into immunity. Yeah, there's very little of camp life between. Yeah, they talk about the, the new water tank and how much of an advantage it is. The other team has to go get water and we can just... <laughs> use the water here yeah i think that part of that is they say jeff says immunity challenge is the next day when he talks about reward uh-huh and we didn't see any of the day after reward and the immunity challenge is the whole day they have a whole day to make whatever they need to That's so true. so yeah it gets almost immediately into immunity and this is the distress signal challenge that we've seen before only as a reward challenge before yeah it is not good and thankfully, in my opinion, this one's not even close either. Mm-hmm. But having such a subjective challenge be an immunity challenge is something I hope they do not do again. I want to say they shouldn't. However, I can't guarantee that. Yeah. It's, it is. It's subjective. It's, thank God it was, there was a clear winner in this one. Yeah. But, man... Why do that? You need a finish. You need to be able to see what the other team is doing for you to even feel good about losing. Yeah. I think if it was any closer or if they... I think Samburu kind of wanted to lose, um, (laughs) to be perfectly honest. Wanted to test the boundaries of their relationship. Yeah. I mean, I think they wanted this tension to be over and have a clear winner. Because both sides think they will be the clear winner. Yeah. And I don't think anyone except for Lindsay really gave it their all. I mean, Frank says straight up, he's like, yep, nope, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kind of phone it in and just, you know, do what needs to be done, but I don't, he doesn't say that in a way of like giving up competitively, yeah. but like, fine, they want to take the lead, okay, I'm just gonna do the bare minimum. It, it's weird though, because he's saying that, but he's also like, immediately afterwards, taking charge and giving orders. That's because Frank can't shut the fuck up. <laughs> it's, it, it, he just doesn't know when he's leading because he's always leading. There is no in-between. Yeah. It's just him. 100% him. And I have never felt, like, more empathy with a Survivor player until Lindsay said, Oh my god, Frank, just shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> so, we have two different strategies. In Samburu, they decide to use their already existing fence because it's a giant O, mm-hmm. to make a, a giant SOS. So they continue to add tree brush, tree pieces, whatever they can find to make a wooden organic SOS. And it's really big. Yeah. They, they do a good job of making it big. It is... Actually, I think it's too big. It might be. Because the, the rescue pilot, which we had to put on closed captioning for, because you cannot hear understand anything he's saying in the episode no the dialect is heavy and even it's even difficult to hear jeff and understand what jeff's saying so it's all coming through the plane system and it's not a good system exactly but he says that it it looks because of all the other like you know there are other settlements around and other things shaped like that it looks like it'd be very easy to miss because Uh you think it's just oh that's just a village yeah it's part of what's already going on around there yep and it does. It looks like the, the S's kind of bleed into the O a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's it's off center, so you could be like, oh, maybe that's a coincidence. I had to look for it. Yeah. Which is not what you want out of no. an SOS signal. <laughs> a lot of effort was put into it, though, so I will give them that. Yeah. On the other side, in Baran, they're, they go to an open area, which is by far, I think, their best advantage. Yes. Followed secondly by Kim has the idea to dip the mosquito nets in the acrylic paints that she brought. Which my first instinct was, oh, those are going to be unusable for sleeping under now. 
but they have two extra ones because you've already voted two people off. Sure. I don't think they would be unusable. I mean, they have holes in them. Yeah, but they're going to, like, that's going to take forever to dry. Maybe not in the African sun. <laughs> yeah. It's going to smell terrible. There's going to be no airflow anymore because yeah. a lot of the holes will be covered in paint. Sure. But you voted two people off, so you have at least two extra ones. That's fair. <laughs> if it's a problem, you have extras. <laughs> Dips it in the acrylic paint. Use four different colors, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. It's like, wow, good for you. Which was her luxury item. I don't know if you said that already. Yeah. It's what she brought with. And honestly, their their SOS is much better. They they have the four different nets in like corners. And then they mm-hmm. have an SOS in the middle. And they're all dancing around waving the, the buffs in a flag type scenario. They did a better job. Yep. Good use of color. I mean, that's, that's what we were saying at the top of the challenge. It wasn't even close so yeah. there wasn't really you know if you're watching it let's say you're you're somebody that's bitter that's from Simburu. let's let's say you are carl who goes home and you look back <laughs> at the you're like carl from survivor not carl our emailer unless they're the same person that would be cool if you <laughs> carl if you are carl from this season l- let me know because i want to have an interview with you very different over email than you are perceived on the show <laughs> like if you're carl and you're watching back that season and you're mad because you're like well uh, they could have just put the thumb on the scale like once you see those two you're like oh okay yeah we, yeah all right we lost pretty good there <laughs> oops <laughs> highlights from this tom has a feather in his butt and is peacocking <laughs> i i can't like, I don't like Tom, but I, he's kind of growing on me a little bit. Okay. Tell me more about that. He's just kind of a train wreck. Like, every time he's on screen, I'm watching him. So I'm like, well, he's got something going on. He's a big personality. And yep. he is always, I mean, not the center of attention, but he just always is that big personality. And I did not feel like he wanted to use a racial slur once this episode. There you go. Congratulations, hey. Tom. <laughs> Oh man, uh, it's so unfair because I'm saying what I what I perceive he wants to do. <laughs> I don't care though. And also, Boran got very naked. Like yes. everyone was in their underwear, just hanging out. I don't think that helped them. It really didn't. They forgot that the ground is like borderline flesh colored. Yeah, it's a little darker, but like your clothes probably pop more than your skin does against yeah. the desert. Makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> Most of them have pretty light clothing, though. Yeah. The a lot of the underwear was black. I noticed, especially mm-hmm. the the female. Everyone had like matching black sets. Oh uh, well, we did get a little bit of we got a little bit of Tom misogyny in there. Although it wasn't fully. It was kind of equal opportunity gross because mm-hmm. he was like, oh, we got a, a huge naked black guy, two attractive women." A fat old guy and two skinny guys. And if that doesn't get the pilot's attention, then I want to talk to that pilot. And I was like, are you saying that there's something in there that he that the pilot would like? Yeah, what is this? Or are you saying like it's just very noticeable? Are you saying both? <laughs> I don't remember this, <laughs> but I'm sure it was there. We watched it together. Oh, man. Yeah. So Baran wins. They dump the immunity idol out of a plane. Which means at some point they had to get it back for the Samburu tribe to it's, put it in a crate to it dump it. It is weird. They they showed it earlier in, like, at camp. Yeah. Because they, they show it getting knocked over by, like, a gust of wind. Like, almost a, a wind tornado. Mm-hmm. A baby tornado that goes to A camp. dust cyclone, yeah. Sure. So at some point, someone had to walk in and be like, hey, can we have that? Thanks, bye. <laughs> and then go throw it out of a plane. <laughs> All about the theatrics. Yeah. Oh, and then in the aftermath, Samburu is is talking prior to going to tribal. And Linda's saying, we have angered the god. Linda is such an old school hippie. Yeah. Where she's like, they're at the watering hole in the early episode, and she's like, don't like, you know, there's so much to appreciate here. Don't let them get you down. Keep your, the spirits are trying to keep us positive. And then like when they lose the challenge, she's like, well, the immunity idol is a gift from the gods. Yeah. And the gods and goddesses will not live among discord. Yeah, they will not let it live in a home of conflict. Yeah, that's what it was. Oh. <laughs> the divide is palpable. It's it's so big. It's so awkward. Yeah. I cannot believe a tribe has done nothing but win has this many problems. Yeah. But I've seen it time and time again where they just haven't had the chance to hash it out. 
Yeah. And they're waiting for that moment. I don't think it gets better. I don't imagine Frank and Teresa, and really, I don't even think Linda, because Linda, for as much as she has this, like, hippie, like, this is why she's an old school hippie. She has, like, the, oh, yeah, I love everything. The spirits are all in us. She also has the capacity to be really shitty. Oh, she's a shit starter, too. When Lindsay was sick, she's, like, she has her confessional where she's, like, well, uh, she goes, Lindsay talks about how tough she is all the time. Guess she's not that tough. Oh, yeah, that's a part of this challenge, too, is Lindsay gets really sick and has like water pains uh essentially she says later on that like it being dehydrated exacerbates everything mm-hmm. that's going wrong in your body so she just goes down and she goes down really quickly mm-hmm. and who was it someone came over to help her kim kim oh yeah there's two kims that's why I, yeah i, I keep getting samburu kim yep Kim comes over to help, and Linda kind of comes over to almost spy on them. Yeah, I don't know if that's what happened. I think she stumbled upon it. Okay. I don't think she came over with that intent. It looked like she, they were just, like, doing their thing, sure. and she came upon it, but then was being nosy when she saw him, and Kim was telling them, like, tell her, like, get away, get away. Yeah, it was, like, shooing her away. Yeah. And she was, like, giddy to see her in pain. Yep. That's unacceptable it's gross and so like i don't see because as we'll get to carl gets carl goes home Uh uh-huh i don't see frank linda and Teresa now having like a kumbaya moment being like okay we're cool like this can only and then they're gonna get picked off one by one unless something drastic changes Mm. it's gonna get really ugly this tribe is falling apart it is falling apart Ugh. it's real interesting i know and I'm really glad that the Gen X side of it wins because I think that will create the better television. It will create the better television. And also, I hate these boomers. <laughs> I hate these boomers specifically. Yeah. I I am interested to see, will... There are problems. And, like, the boomers are right in some scenarios where, like, yes, you do need to be going and getting water. Yes, you do need to be fixing things around camp. But that doesn't have to be your sole purpose in life. It doesn't. And also, you know, we only get what the show shows us mm-hmm. always. That's that's the asterisk on all of this. But it seems to be implied that the boomers keep getting up before everyone else and, like, going and doing stuff before anyone else can. Uh-huh. And Frank's bossy as hell. Like, if you've oh, ever yeah. been around somebody that's, like, that bossy, you just stop doing anything. Because you're like, well, he's just... If I try to do something that he doesn't say to do, he's just going to bitch about it because I did it wrong. <laughs> so I'm just going to wait till he tells me to do it. Yeah. So we go to Tribal. This is Samburu's first stop at Tribal. Mm-hmm. So they have to give the, the whole spiel of, hey, grab your torch, dip it in fire, bring it with you every time, and then you're going to bring it home tonight. Neat. This actually did have a few interesting conversations. It starts with the young people seeing, like talking about camp life, and they're trying to be very nice about it. They're trying to say, nah, there's no, like, we're all getting along. There's, there's no problem. They're totally lying their ass off. But they're great. absolutely lying their ass off. And then the old people were like, no, no, no. These are the problems. <laughs> here, 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 and here. I just find that so interesting. And it's such a dynamic and such a mood. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, yeah, the world's on fire. We're fine. Yeah, they're, <laughs> they're like, eh, everything's fine. Well, we're... They're, they almost seem like they're... I don't know. Like, they're using, like, toxic positivity. Uh. Where they're like, oh, no, we've all banded together. And we've all done like all the stuff we need to do and it feels like they're using the they as like the four young people yeah like yeah we're all we're all great yeah like those people just don't exist to us meanwhile the other camp they're trying not to die and here they're like yeah i don't know we wake up when we wake up (laughs) we get water when we feel like it and then jeff calls out the necklaces yep he says i see you're wearing a necklace and i see you and you and you are wearing a necklace no one else is wearing a necklace. What's that about? Yeah, why is it a 4-4 split here? Yeah. Hmm. It's almost as if Jeff knew to look at that. Yeah. Weird. But yeah, it's just calling out there is a 4-4 split and <laughs> which again, everyone's the, aware. The crazy change from uh-huh. season 1 to season 3. Because in season 1 we're like, oh, can't have an alliance. Yeah. Oh, that's that make me a bad person. And now it's like, bitches, we got necklaces for our <laughs> alliance. Hey, let's make team necklaces. Right. Friendship bracelets. Hell yeah. Uh, uh, and then we get to the vote. Carl and Lindsay tie. 
Yep. Why, why these two? That was interesting to me too. I mean, I guess Lindsay, mm-hmm. because she's the one, I can understand why Lindsay's a target. She's the one who, that overheard them. She seems the one that's rallying the younger people. Mm-hmm. She's also, you know, Linda also saw her being sick. Sure. So she might have health problems. Sure. They don't, they don't know what her health is going down the road. And even though there's a fraction of the tribe, they still need to win team challenges. Yes. Carl doesn't make any sense to me. I, I didn't think so either. Unless you think you can pull in one of the other ones if Carl was a lost cause. Yeah, but they hate Frank more. Yeah. I mean, I hate Frank more. It seems like everyone hates Frank more. There's no immunity idol hidden around. Like, there's nothing to worry about there. Yeah. So what? what's the deal here? And Carl's stronger... So if you're, if you're going to be the person you hate the most, Carl... Mm-hmm. Or, uh, sorry, Frank. If you're going by the weakest, either Teresa or Linda... Yeah. I, I don't know. Per, they, they both are look pretty frail. Yeah. Carl just kind of seems in the middle of both of those. So I, I don't I don't get it. Maybe it's just because they were truly on the wealthy thing. Maybe Carl just like drives them insane more than Frank Maybe. somehow. Carl does seem totally insufferable. <laughs> I don't know. I think as far as an edit goes, I think they ha- they struggle to pull anything together to be like, hey, this guy deserves to go. Yeah. Other than the, the Porsche comment. Like, the only thing that his leaving the game interview mm-hmm. told me more about why they would go for him than anything else. Ooh, talk about that. Well, he says, yeah, on the tribe, we had four people that are, that have it figured, or that four people that are mature and responsible and know what they're doing, and four people that are still figuring out. And that's why this generation's screwed, basically. That's not verbatim, but that's pretty much what he says. Pretty close. Um, and if that was his attitude for six, seven, or what are we on episode? So by nine days now. Yeah. Right. Three days an episode. Yep. Yeah. I'd want to get rid of that guy too. Yeah. It would, time, time to go there. And maybe Frank is just too valuable around camp. Yeah. He does do a lot. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Carl and Lindsay tie, they have to give their speeches and let me break down these speeches real quick. From Carl, I work hard. From Lindsay, I work hard. And Carl doesn't need it. <laughs> I work hard, and Carl's rich. Yeah. So although I did, I did appreciate Lindsay saying like, yeah, I don't, know, I don't know how to do all this stuff as well, and I'm learning, and getting better at it every day. Yeah. Like, she wasn't. Gonna, neither side was going to convince anyone anyway. No. They could have skipped the speeches. Yeah. Obviously, they can't. That Jeff's not going to just be like, all right, fuck it. Um, <laughs> but in like a in a in a world where people were convincible, that could have gotten somebody mm-hmm. to at least think about it. Yeah. So they have to revote. It again ends in a tie. So we hit the one and only time where someone goes home from a trivia. This is the only time? The only time. Do they go to Purple Rocks after this as a tiebreaker? Or, oh no, but if they keep the votes, yeah. it can only really be on a first vote that you would need to go to trivia. Correct. Unless you just pick the wrong target. Yes. So okay. I'm sorry if I spoiled future things there, but. No, that's okay. It's... This was kind of awful. <laughs> It kind of was, but it was kind of okay. Yeah, it wasn't as bad as I was expecting. It was fair. But it doesn't feel like the way somebody should go yeah. home. So the tie break, since neither of them had votes, they had to do a trivia challenge where it's just first one to get a question wrong and the other person gets it right, you're, you're gone. Spelling bee rules. Spelling bee rules. Here are a couple questions from it. I think there were only four questions. Smoke from what? Elephant Some dung. Elephant dung. On fire can keep mosquitoes away, which was true. Yep. And they both got that right. They both got that right. Python could eat an entire antelope whole. They both got that wrong. They both got that wrong. They said, no, it can. Which I was like, really? You guys got that wrong? Like, I thought that was kind of like a well-known thing that, like, pythons can stretch and, like, eat things in one fell swoop. Yeah. Uh, There was another one that I didn't write down because it wasn't interesting to me or it was just too much. It was a, yeah, it was a multiple multiple choice one. Yeah. Um, And they both, they both guessed the wrong one. They didn't guess the same one, but they both guessed wrong. Yeah. And then finally, uh, true, false, pouring hot water on a tick makes it retract from your body. I would have gotten this one wrong. Yeah. Which the answer was yes, it does. So Lindsay gets it right. Carl gets it wrong. Carl loses and is immediately voted off the island, voted off the the island of Africa. Of Africa. <laughs> yeah. Wild. A wild time to be like, hey. Trivia, trivia challenge, night. baby. Yeah. They did at least tell us 
that they got a Bush survival guide mm-hmm. before coming on the show. Yes. And all the questions were pulled from that. So none of it's not out of left field. They are, at they, least have some. Yeah, it's not like uh, like the Australia Trivia Challenge for reward, where it's mm-hmm. like, oh, these are kind of things that we maybe those were pulled from a guide. They didn't say. But, you know, hey, these are things that are kind of like generalized trivia about Australia. Yeah. This one is like, hey, you both had access to materials. Mm-hmm. Let's see how much you read it. So at least it was fair. Yeah. They both kind of sucked at it. They both sucked at it. <laughs> <laughs> to get that deep into the questions without... I, I mean, they did get the first one right together. But yeah. the rest of them, they didn't get a single one They weren't one very right. hard questions. I didn't have a Bush survival guide. And I would have gotten, gotten the first one right, the second one right... The third, I was going back and forth between the right and the wrong answer. Mm-hmm. It was about a fruit that could you could eat, or a fruit that would help cure one of four things. One was was like helping small wounds, which I didn't think it was that. Diarrhea, cleansing yourself of parasites, and something else. And I was between diarrhea and parasites. Sure. It was parasites. Yeah. So 50-50 shot on that one, and I would have gotten the tick one wrong. But like, come on. I don't have a Bush survival guide. I guess I have Google and I know random shit for no reason. Yay. And I've done three seasons of this podcast. Yeah. But it just seems like, hey, that's the kind of stuff you guys probably should have actually read before you came out here. <laughs> because this is Africa. This is the African desert trying to kill you. Yeah. How do you think Carl does? If you took Carl out of Africa sure. and put him in any other season, yep. I think it's about the same. Okay. I... I don't think he's... I don't think he's a contestant that makes the merge. If he does, then I think he's a quick vote off after the merge. He does not seem to get along with people well that don't have his same mindset. Correct. He seems... He's BB light. He just had other BBs on his tribe. Diet BB? Yeah, he's he is diet BB. Frank is... Frank is diet scooping, and, and Carl is diet BB. Okay, wait. Carl, Frank... Keith. Fuck, Mary kill. Oh, no. Go ahead, Stephen. The floor is yours. Oh. I guess I'd marry Keith. Fuck, Carl? I don't know. I don't find any of them attractive. We can, say, we can say... We can say... Uh, I'm also a straight man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. We can say kill Mary... Uh, That's fine. I'm, I will stand behind... Kill what, Mary vacation. <laughs> I will stand behind what we're doing. We're, okay. We'll, we'll, we'll fuck Carl. Because okay. he looks like Mark Ruffalo. Okay. And that leaves... That leaves killing... Frank. Frank. Okay. I, cannot, I can't stand that kind of a person. No, me either. Absolutely not. No. Y- yours? Okay. I would marry Carl. He has a lot of money. Oh, uh, that's a good point. Yeah. No prenup. God, I think I think I would have I think I would have to fuck Keith because at least he cooked me a good dinner afterwards. And yeah, I can't stand Frank. I'm so excited for more Frank quotes. We didn't get any Frank quotes this episode. Not really. Um, so yeah, all that to say, I don't think Carl will do very well. Cool. He he doesn't come back. So no, of course not. Don't worry about it. Yeah, unless you gave him a tribe full of Carls, like full of like cranky boomers. Uh huh. He's not going to make any type of allegiance alliances. Yeah. EW reached out to him in the quarantine times to catch up with Survivor players. He didn't like his edit from Survivor, which I get it. People don't like their edits. Of course it, not. It said, Mark Burnett told me they were going to profile me as the rich Porsche Mercedes dentist because they had no other valid reason for me being voted off. I just don't think that's true. Like, maybe Mark Burnett spun it to him that way, and sure. I get not having a valid reason to get voted off. Fine. Yeah. You don't always need a valid reason. No. Um, You're early game. Like, they have to get rid of somebody. And people that people that are hard to be around don't think they are hard to be around. So then when they have to sit there and watch it, they're like, oh, well, that's you gave me a bad edit. Yeah. They, Carl does not strike me as somebody who is <laughs> capable of self-reflection. Yeah. Since appearing on Survivor 20 years ago... He had many opportunities, had a, a TV show on PBS called The Sports Hotline, Let's Talk, in parentheses, a sport, with Dr. Carl. I don't understand what... Wait, the, can you read that whole title for yeah. me one more time? The Sports Hotline, Let's Talk, in parentheses, a sport, with Dr. Carl. Sorry, the parentheses end after a sport. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the only thing in parentheses. Did the, did the redundancy department of redundancy write that? It's... It's a bad title. It could just be Let's Talk. Or what? Or it could just be let's Sports Hotline. Let's Talk. Yeah, Let's Talk with Dr. Carl. Let's Talk Sports with Dr. Carl. Yeah. Any other combination of that is better. 
the sports the sports hotline with Dr. Carl. I don't know, man. Wow. Had several radio shows on sports, including one called Ace and the Doc. Uh, was also in a documentary film called Movie Money Confidential. I wonder if that has a spin on like dentist. Because you said that was a movie. Yeah. What's it called? Movie. It. It's a documentary. So it may not be as fun to watch. Okay, what's it called? Movie... Movie Money Confidential. Confidential. Just writing that down for no reason. Which is being shopped around in Hollywood. I don't know if it actually exists. Well, not as we found out, that will not stop me from finding it. Did we tell that story? Not yet. Okay, we'll, we'll talk about that after this. Well, yeah. And then, yeah, is still a dentist, but very part-time, and is about to retire to pursue my passion in wildlife photography. Ah, good season for him to be on, I guess, then. Yeah. Okay, I, I don't... So first of all, we need a new word for dentist that isn't doctor. I get it. Anyone with a doctorate is a doctor. I don't know. It just like, it feels like the type of thing where like, I, like somebody has a doctorate that's a doctor, but isn't in the medical field. I get it. Mm-hmm. So like, I feel like we need another surname for all the different like types, like types of doctors. They, they kind of do, but it comes at the end and they don't always get used. So oh like, yeah, that's true. Doctor, Dr. Carl Balancione DDS. Doctor of dental studies or something like that. I don't yeah. know. Dental surgery, dental something. Doesn't matter. Do we have time for me to tell that story? Should we hold it? Should we leave this as a teaser for the for the top of the next episode? No, we'll we can have a little bit of time. What unless you want to do like a big full talk about it. Yeah, let's leave it we'll okay. leave that as our intro to our next episode. Not our cold open, but our sure. intro. Jared has a story about if you listen to our bonus episode about Gone, where we watched a movie with a Survivor-adjacent movie. Uh, Jared tried to get another one in the same realm and went down a long, winding path. But I I will leave it there until next time. Essentially, if it can can be found on the internet, I will find it. It's, yeah, it's scary. I'm a little concerned. Your protagonist of the episode. Yeah. My protagonist of this episode is actually Lindsay. Okay. Uh, I mean, it kind of... it creeps in from last episode because it's it's the thing that starts this snowball is her chasing down Silas and Frank and overhearing their conversation. Yep. And honestly, I think that's what changes Silas's mind too. Is I think he realizes, oh shit, Frank is really bad at strategy. <laughs> I need to be with somebody else. Yep. So that that snowball started, but it continued this episode. It really feels like Lindsay took charge of the tribe in some ways. It seems like she took over the SOS challenge, which was a little bit of, I think, Frank and Carl and the other boomers being like, fine, you run it. Let's see how well it goes. And it didn't. But Carl still went home. It was her idea to, like, make the friendship necklaces, which, again, was fucking stupid. But most of the action of this episode was around this generational divide, and Lindsay feels like the captain of the winning side. Yep. Cool. Any other final thoughts? The gods are angry, Stephen. The gods are angry. So I shall appease them with a bumper. So that'll do it for this episode of the Survivor Turning Back Time podcast. I am so glad to be here. I Whoop, there we go. I almost lost the thing. I almost dropped it, but I caught it. Wizardry. You're so lucky this is an audio-only medium. That was so awkward. Thank you. I am so good at, at life in general. <laughs> If you are good at life in general, feel free to email us at SurvivorTBT at gmail.com or on Twitter, SurvivorTBT, or on Reddit, you slash SurvivorTBT. I hate when you (laughs) give those out because you stare deadpan into my eyes trying to remember them like they are written on my pupils. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't, Stephen, I have nothing for you. I'm just looking right at you, man. (laughs) (laughs) Anything you'd like to promote? Yeah, I would like to promote ex- uh, experimenting with new kitchen recipes. Uh, so, like, if you if, if you get into a funk and you are cooking like the same three things over and over again, like try adding new stuff to it, or like don't be afraid to mess up a meal. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that's a good one to do. I am going to promote Nintendo and specifically Game Freak <laughs> to put money into your most your highest grossing money franchise the hell man pokemon came out a new pokemon and i've been playing them since i was a child so i was like yeah let's get this one it's open world sounds fun it is a hot mess the gameplay is fun the looks of it are a disaster and the bugginess oh yeah 
I have been meaning to tell you for three seasons. I keep forgetting. Have you heard of the Overwatch diversity calculator? No. Okay. Very quick story. Okay. <laughs> the TLDR of this is that Blizzard for Overwatch created a bunch of different things that, that all fed into diversity. Mm-hmm. Gender identity, nationality, and put it on a 0 to 10 scale to get diverse characters. Sure. Now you think you could just have human beings look at the fucking roster and be like, who's not represented? Yeah. No, no, that was too hard. So they made this whole fucking calculator. Here's the problem. You have now given objective numbers. So if you are... Anna, who's Egyptian, is a higher diversity ranking in race than Doomfist, who's Nigerian. So you now have decided that someone who's Egyptian is more diverse than someone who is Nigerian. On the same scale, for gender, man was zero, woman, woman was five, and then non-gendered or non-binary was a 10, which means that you have robots that have a higher gender diversity <laughs> than the women in your cast. That's really fucking funny. It's hilarious because you could do, it was so fucking stupid and it was never supposed to be seen by the public. It got leaked. And you can also see where like every time Blizzard got into a controversy, it was like, all right, change this character's gender identity or, or, or uh, uh, sexual identity so that they have a higher diversity score so we can get this group to like us again. It's so fucking cynical. It is wild. Yeah. I have never played those games. I tried to download it, but I got into a cycle where it, it won't let me authenticate my phone number, which you need to play Overwatch 2. Oh. So I just won't play it now, and I will delete it because it's worthless to me. It's a fun game. I should see if I can help you try to get it. But, cool. it, but Blizzard's a mess, and that was hilarious. Yeah. All right. On that note... For my co-host Jared, this is Steven. For my host Steven, this is Jared. Get get your diversity score up. Get that diversity score up! Those are rookie numbers. Our, our podcast, our diversity numbers are real well right now. We have a zero. Depends on what you think Russian, <laughs> Russian is. We have a lot of Russian listeners. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye.